Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. And I'm so excited to bring you guys this episode because today I'm here to present you guys my first round mock draft for the NBA draft that is tomorrow at 8 p.m. I love this draft class. I've done a ton of research on them and I'm really excited to give you guys every single pick in the first round for how I think it'll all pan out. Going to be going over every single pick, team fit, team needs, all that stuff. Uh, so that'll be for today. And tomorrow, I'll go over some more individuals. We'll go over some sleepers, some risers, potentially some teams to look out for. Now, before I get into this, I do want to lay out a couple of things for this mock. I am not doing any trade projections in this. I am doing the mock as if it was straight up. Now, with saying that, I'm going to say if I believe there will be a trade at that spot. But again, for these picks, I'm just going to go off of if the draft word was set in stone, but I will definitely let you guys know uh, what I've heard, what I think about uh, certain picks. And there are definitely a few, especially in the lottery that are being considered to be moved around uh, a lot of buzz around uh, some teams. So we'll get straight into that. And we just got to start with number one, the Orlando Magic start on the clock. And it really seems like it's a two-horse race between Jabari Smith from Auburn, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, and my last mock, I had Chet going number one, but I don't think it's going to turn that way. I think Jabari Smith is the target at one. I think Orlando takes him. 6'10", shoots above 40% from three. He was a just fantastic at Auburn, really led them throughout the season. He's got a little bit of Kevin Durant in him, and a lot of people are throwing that comp around, and that definitely means something. He can score at all three levels, got a really good jump shot for a big guy, can play some good on-ball defense, so I think Orlando is really going to be in uh, for a, a nice season with uh, obviously developing him, another year of Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony, you still got RJ Hampton there, Jalen Suggs, this, there's a lot of young talent on this Orlando team, and why I think they're going to go Jabari over Chet, I, I just think the fit is a little better, he's a stretch four, he can shoot the three ball well, and there are some serious concerns about Holmgren's body frame. You know, he's he's more lanky, more skinny than your typical big, and uh, I think it's very risky to take at number one. Obviously, Chet's got that unicorn-like, uh, you know, future where he could just turn into, like, the next, like, generational player, but Jabari Smith, I think, has a high floor and a very high ceiling. This guy's going to be a stud, so Orlando taking Jabari Smith with the number one overall pick. Now that leaves the Oklahoma City Thunder with a pretty easy pick for me, Chet Holmgren going number two. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Holmgren wants to go to Oklahoma City. He's made that pretty clear through his agent and everything. Plus, I love the fit. I think him paired up with Shea Gilgis Alexander is really solid. Uh, And I've obviously talked about what concerns people about Chet, but what's great about Chet? Pretty much everything. He can do it all. He can shoot from the perimeter. He's an elite shot blocker, solid defender. He can handle the ball. He's like 7-7-1, got a, like 7-6-7-7 seven, seven, seven wingspan. I mean, he is just a freak of nature in terms of athleticism. I know, again, the body frame does concern people, but he's so skilled and gifted that he's going to be able to overcome that. He will be a future multi-time all-star when it's all said and done. So Chet Holmgren going to Oklahoma City. This leaves Houston with the easiest pick of the draft. They've been locked into Paolo Bancaro all draft process long. Trading uh, Christian Wood confirmed that to get them an extra first-round pick. Clears the way for Bancaro to grow with those young guards. Jalen Green, 
Kevin Porter Jr. I really like the fit here. Paolo Bancaro is the most NBA ready, but he just does not have the same ceiling that Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren have. He's not a great defender, in my opinion. He's a good shooter. He's not a knockdown shooter like Jabari is, but he got NBA-ready post moves down low. He's got a handle, can pass really well, just an all-around solid offensive player, and I love where he's going potentially because Houston is a great place to rebuild. He's going to fit into their vision with all their young talent. I mean, Shangoon's another player. They got Josh Christopher there. They've just got a, a lot of young pieces there that can grow up together and as we've seen these teams winning championships Golden State this year Milwaukee last year they are building from the ground up they are building in the NBA draft so why not take your 6'10 guy out of Duke and just rock with him he can truly be in my opinion number one option Uh, and I know he's getting buzzed to be the number one pick potentially but I think Houston's just going to get a gift here and get him at three fantastic value. I don't think there's any argument over the three guys that are going to be in the top three. It's just which order they are in, but that leads us to pick number four because this is really where the draft starts. So Sacramento gets lucky in the lottery, move up a few spots, get the fourth overall pick. Now the best player available on the board is Jaden Ivey. However, does not seem Jaden Ivey really is keen on going to Sacramento. Why is that? Well, look at the fit. He's a De'Aaron Fox-esque player. Fast, really just electric with the ball, can get downhill. Pretty good shooter, but he's not an amazing shooter. So you got similarity there. You had Davey, you got Davion Mitchell. He drafted last year. And then most importantly, they traded Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis, I know they wanted the two-time All-Stars, great player, but they traded Halliburton because it was a crowded backcourt. So why are you going to take Ivy to have the same problem again? It's a very Kings thing to do. Honestly, if you don't know where to go, you should just take Ivy and figure it out later. But the Kings are going to mess this whole thing up. Their fan base is not going to be happy because they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to take Ivy and Ivy's going to be unhappy. Or they're going to trade out of it. I do think they are actually going to trade this pick. I think teams like the Wizards or the Knicks are going to be too greedy. And they're going to give Sacramento a deal too sweet to, to reject. Now, if they are staying here, I've got them taking Keegan Murray. I think Keegan Murray's sick. I think he's fantastic. Average 23.5 at Iowa last season. I mean, he's just... A stretch four written all over him. I think that's a great fit too. I guess obviously he can stretch the floor. He can score in bunches. I mean, putting some bonus at the five. Keegan Murray at the four. You still got Harrison Barnes there. Had a great season last year. You got your guards with Fox and Mitchell. That's a good starting lineup. Uh, I, I do think the Kings need to go off a of best fit here. They can't have the same guard problem that they've been having. I know there's no more Buddy Heald, but they really need someone to stretch the floor. That was the whole criticism with the Kings part in the straight asides from Halliburton. You got Sabonis and Fox, your two best players, who don't shoot the three ball that well. So why not just go get yourself a guy, 6'10", who shoots around 40% from three. He was a volume scorer at Iowa, really became a late bloomer. I love this guy's game. I think he's going to be sick. Plus, he can rebound for you too, play a little defense. I think Keegan Murray is the 
best fit for Sacramento, but I do actually think they will trade this pick. But if they do stay, I don't think they should take Jade and Ivy because it's only going to stir up more trouble and they need to go with best fit. So that leaves Detroit, in my mind, with a pretty easy easy decision. Jade and Ivy at five, pairing him with Kate Cunningham, I think is going to be an explosive duo. I think Jaden Ivey's a lot better off ball than people might think he is. He's got a solid stroke from three. Obviously, he can get downhill fast. And I think having two guys that can handle the ball, I think will be really helpful for Detroit. Can speed up their rebuild a little bit, you know, gaining some more young talent. Kate Cunningham had a very nice end to his rookie season. Uh, It does not hurt adding the best guard in the draft in Ivy. So that rounds out my top five. Again, Jabari Smith to Orlando, Chet Holmgren to the Thunder, Paolo Bencaro to Houston, Keegan Murray to the Kings, and Jaden Ivey to Detroit. One more thing about Detroit's spot at five. The Knicks have been rumored to want to trade up with Detroit to get the fifth pick. Potentially, Cam Reddish was a name being thrown around. I would think this would be for the Knicks to either get Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp because Shaden Sharp, one of the most mysterious mans, if not the most mysterious guy in this draft. We'll get to him in a bit because Indiana's on the clock. And I think they've got an interesting spot here because you got Halliburton, your point guard for the future. You already got Chris Duarte, great pick from last year. Miles Turner, a lot of buzz around him. Malcolm Brogdon is a highly coveted name around the league. You hear the Lakers uh, potentially wanting him. Uh, They can really dangle Brogdon for some good bait to get something back. Pacers are in a great position right now. I don't think they can go wrong with this pick. But I was kind of thinking, why not? pair Halliburton with another lengthy guard who's really shot up draft boards, can defend well, an elite passer, and that's Dyson Daniels. Really watch this kid play. I love his game. The fact that his shot has improved should be a great sign for NBA teams. He's a surefire top 10 pick at this point, and I think pairing him with Halliburton is a fantastic move. Now, it's tough because I personally love Benedict Matherin, if I'm a, if I was off of preference and like my favorite players, Mathern would be a top five pick, and he could very well go to Detroit at five. Obviously, that's if Jaden Ivey goes four. But I just think the fit with with Daniels with Halliburton getting two tall, lengthy guards. Halliburton six five, Daniels is six seven. It's really going to help this rebuild out. I I think this guy's going to be a really solid player, and he's only going to get better if his shot continues to improve. And the G League has such a small sample size, and that's why I like the college route better. You don't get much much uh, exposure to them. It's a lot of uh, off potential, but I, I really think Daniels is the real deal. He's the one G League guy I have a lot of confidence in, and I think it shows because I'm putting him at six to Indiana. I just love the defensive capabilities uh, that these two guards could have together and the synergy. So that's why I'm going with that pick. But whether it's him, Matherin, or Shaden Sharp, they can't go wrong with this pick. Indiana is doing a great job rebuilding. They stole Halliburton from the Kings, a huge robbery. Uh, and and I think Halliburton is going to be very easy to mesh with with any of those players. Now we got Portland at 7. This is a big pick for Portland, in my opinion. They got to get this right. Damian Lillard needs help. You want to keep him around. He's your hometown hero drafted him. He stayed ever since one of the only few loyal, loyal guys in the league. Uh, why not get yourself a stud in Benedict Matherin? Again, I love this guy. He's explosive. He can shoot the three ball well, catch and shoot off the dribble. He's got athleticism for days. 
And we saw what he did in the NCAA tournament, just carrying them back to a comeback along with Christian Coloco against TCU. Obviously fell to that stout Houston defense, but this guy's got the NBA tool set. He's got a good handle. He's he's very explosive, can get to the rim. We've seen the bounce that he has, and he shoots the three ball well. Can be a little lackluster defensively at times, but he's got the tools to be an all-around great player, and I do think he's pretty NBA ready. Slot him in with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. I think this is going to be a great trio at the guard spot. Now, a lot of people are taking Shaden Sharp here. I don't like the pick for Portland for Shaden Sharp. I don't think he fits into their timeline. They need a guy that's more ready, and Matherin is that guy. So Portland, Mike Schmitz is out there. He knows what he's doing. They will be getting a gift if Matherin falls to seven. That would be one of my favorite picks of the draft. I've had this penciled in for weeks now that Portland will be taking Ben Matherin. Now, New Orleans Pelicans, they're an interesting spot too because they're in the top 10, yet they're a playoff team. CJ McCollum slotted in perfectly in that lineup. That was a great trade. Brandon Ingram had a really solid season, took the Suns to six games, and you're getting Zion Williamson back. So there's really no harm here in just taking best player available. And that's Shaden Sharp. You can get him time to develop. There's no rush to throw him in there and just throw him out to the Wolves and maybe he doesn't do well or whatever. But Shaden Sharp has the tool set to be one of the best players in this draft. I know he didn't play in college, and I do think that's going to be a reason why he could possibly slide in this draft. Actually, it's the reason, but average 22 in that EBYL league with that Nike league or wherever he played, but if he's that good, that basically going from high school to the league, he's considered being taken this high, then he is surely worth it for a team like New Orleans who doesn't necessarily need him. They don't really need any, like, specific player to fit a mold. Herbert Jones is great at small forward. You got your backup point guard in Jose Alvarado. You know, they've. I think maybe getting a point guard free agency could potentially help, but why not just take the best player available? Shaden Sharp is going to be a really solid player. He's going to be able to score a lot, uh, and I think New Orleans is a great place to develop him because they've hit on the draft recently, and they've developed some guys. Uh, and him, if he flourishes into the player people think he can be, alongside Zion Williamson, if he gets back on the court with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, who's going to be a great veteran leader, this team is ready to contend. I love New Orleans' roster. I think David Griffin's done a great job with them. So Shaden Sharp at this point is a luxury in my mind. Might as well take him at eight. He's too good to pass down at that point. I was thinking about Sharp going past the top 10, but there's no way a team will let him get to a team like Oklahoma City. That would be scary hours for the league. All right, now we got picks 9 and 10 to round out the top 10. San Antonio, I think they go pretty pretty standard here. They need a big. Jalen Duran is their guy. Really athletic. uh, Great body frame. Very physical. I mean, he was handling Chet Holmgren a little bit in that tournament game. I know he's very raw offensively, but he's got all the defensive tool sets Uh, Again, the NBA physique of a big guy. He can be mobile. Uh, He's ferocious around the rim. And, you know, I I think San Antonio is a great team to be able to develop him into the next great big. So I think Duran's going to go here at nine. And then Washington, I think Johnny Davis is a really solid pick here. Pairing next to Bradley Beal. He can be a defensive stopper. He can get you uh, some points. You know, he doesn't have to be the primary scorer, in my opinion, in Washington to play well. 
Uh, but if he gets a lot of touches, he surely will be able to put the ball in the hole. Average almost 20 points a game at Wisconsin. One of the most improved players in college basketball. And obviously Washington has taken a lot of big wings in past year's draft. Denny Avdia, uh, Rui Hachimura. I, I think getting a guard uh, it would be really helpful, especially with Bradley Beal's uncertainty. Can't really go wrong with this pick. Johnny Davis is going to be a really good NBA player. Uh, they just need to be. They need to be able to get a point guard in free agency. That's Washington's biggest priority. But if you can't get Jaden Ivey and trade up at four, just settle for Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis can be really good. I think people are sleeping on him just a little bit because doesn't have that standout uh, ability that, that some of these guys above him have, like with, with Matherin scoring or you know the potential of a Shaden Sharp, Daniel's passing ability. Uh, so we talked about the top five guys, but I think Johnny Davis is a very safe pick in the, this year's draft. Can't really go wrong with him. Picks 11 through 15, we got the Knicks. Now, I, I originally had the Knicks having Shaden Sharp fall to them and them taking him. Don't think that's going to happen because I think this guy's going to fall a little bit. A.J. Griffin from Duke. I personally do not think A.J. Griffin's going to be that good of an NBA player. I'm just going to say it out there, and I'm not saying it because he's a Dukie. And I'll get to a Dukie later on that I think is going to be sick. But A.J. Griffin, one, bad injury history with the knee. That's a concern. Two, I think he's a bit one-dimensional. He is... Th- a good, he's going to be a good 3 and D guy, but I don't think he can put the ball on the floor that well. Now, I think a good comp for 3 and D guys off, off of drafting is, is McCall Bridges, but he can dribble a little bit. You know, he, he's not, you know, if you just get a hand up in front of him, he's useless. That's what I think A.J. Griffin will be, but I think him going to the Knicks, uh, as long as they clear out some of their guard room, I think they can get him some good run. Honestly, it's putting another Duke guy next to R.J. Barrett, and um, they have Cam Reddish. So I-, I think this is also just best available for the Knicks. Uh, I wouldn't like this pick if I was a Knicks fan. I think it's boring, but I think Griffin can turn into a good player again. He's a fantastic shooter, so if you want a 3-and-D guy, he's your guy for it. At 12, Thunder are back up again. I think Jeremy Sohan's the pick. Fill out your front court, get a little more. Uh, saw potential there. Great defensive player. Can shoot uh, the three decently well. You know, he's definitely raw on both ends of the floor, especially offensively. But Thunder's a great place to develop him. I mean, him and Holmgren in your front court for years to come, that's that's really solid. And uh, he Sohan's got a little bit of Draymond Green written on him, in my opinion, just off of the small intangibles, doing all the little things, the hustle plays. Uh, I think this guy, and I know he was aggravating to play against in that UNC Baylor game, but it showed why, because uh, not only is he a rough rider, but he's got the talent to do it. So I think Oklahoma City takes him there. Now the Hornets. I want to talk about the Hornets a lot because I've done a lot of research on them, really, you know, through working uh, at the news station here in Charlotte, but they've got two picks in the top 15. I don't think they're going to be making both of these picks. I actually think they're going to be trading one of them, potentially package of Gordon Hayward to one move up or down in the draft I think moving up is a decent idea if you package both picks or you're going to trade down trade Gordon Hayward for it create some salary cap space for Miles Bridges a huge extension uh debate between the Hornets and Miles Bridges I think that it's a must to re-sign him. He's one of their only hits in the draft in the past few years. He wants to stay there. Now, whether he's going to get a max or not, I don't think he deserves a max. But that's the situation in Charlotte. But 
Either way, I think they're going to keep this 13th pick and trade 15. But Mark Williams has got to be the pick here. They need a center. Uh, might as well just not take the risk. I know Cleveland won't take him, but who knows if they trade out. They've been rumored to trade out of 14. Mark Williams, 9-9 standing reach. That's the tallest in the league, or second tallest behind Taco Fall. He's 7-1, 240, so he's not like super skinny. He's a great rim protector, defensive player of the year in the ACC. And, you know, he's got he's got some rim running potential, can operate in the pick and roll, a good lob threat. And like I said, an elite rim protector. This guy is what you want in a big in this league. Also, shoot 74% from the free throw line. So I think Charlotte, it, it, it's it's got to be a lock for them to take Mark Williams. If they don't take a big in this draft, then Hornets fans just, I, I don't even know what to say. I think the Hornets are actually the Sacramento Kings of the East. They just can't seem to get it right. There's a clear formula for them in my eyes, for who they should pick if they keep their picks. But if you're looking to explore a trade to trade up or create some calories, some salary cap space for Miles Bridges, then by all means, go for it. But I don't think that should really affect their the guy who they should want, or one of the guys, because I've got Cleveland taking Malachi Branham. Watched some tape on him yesterday to get a little refresher. Love the kid's game. He's got a really nice mid-range jumper. Really crafty with the ball. His three balls improving. He's efficient. He's averaged 20 points a game in his last 10 games at Ohio State. I think this guy's going to be a real baller. And with uh, with the news around Colin Sexton heading out the door, I, I think Branham's a great guy to slot in. Isaac Okora hasn't panned out to who you want him to be for a top five pick. And this, again, opens up the possibility of getting a sign and trade for Colin Sexton, potentially getting something back in return. This clearly is Darius Garland's team with Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Get yourself a wing, Cavs fans. Close to the area as well, Ohio State, you know. But keep him in town in Cleveland. So I I love Branham. I I think he's going to be really solid. That'll round out the lottery. And then I want to go back to Charlotte, obviously, because I think they should take Ochai Abaji. Abaji is one of the most NBA-ready guys in this draft. A massive leap offensively in his senior season. He shoots it around 40% from three. Average 19 a game for Kansas. Great defensive player. That was originally why he was getting draft buzz earlier in his time at Kansas. But he is a your prototype 3 and D guy. I actually think he's going to be better than A.J. Griffin. I give him the Miles Bridge, uh, McCall Bridges comparison. And I think getting Mark Williams and Abaji at these spots gets you guys who've got potential and are NBA ready. Abaji's got a really good floor. And he's a Gordon Hayward replacement who seems to be uh, all but likely heading out the door. So we're going to go through these picks a little faster now. Atlanta Hawks. I got him going with Tari Eason. think he's a solid wing guy who can help Atlanta out. I personally don't like Eason. I really hope the Hornets don't take Eason. Uh, obviously, the time I've invested into looking at the Hornets, uh, become a little invested in, uh, in who they pick. So I do think Eason can be solid, though. A little raw. Needs to work, uh, I think he's got a decent, decent shot. Don't know too much about him, honestly, but... Reading about him, I think he can be a solid player. Plus, the fit in Atlanta is pretty good. You know, you got your guard with Trey Young. John Collins, a little bit uh, uncertain there for what they're going to do with him. But that's the pick there. Another intriguing one, Houston, Usman Diang. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. A, a big potential player, and, and I think Houston's a great spot for him. He's 6'10", stretch four, can uh, can handle the ball. 
Uh, played really well towards the end of his season with the New Zealand Breakers. That's where LaMelo Ball played. I think that'll be a great spot for him to, to end up. One of my favorite potential picks in this draft, EJ Liddell going to Chicago at 18. They really need wings badly, especially bigger wings. You got Levine and uh, DeMar. Levine's uh, rumored to sign a five-year extension to stay in Chicago. Lonzo Ball going to come back from a knee injury. They need some bigger guys down there, and Liddell is a great power forward to slot in. Uh, Again, high floor, just like with Abaji. He is NBA ready as well. Minnesota, a little interesting here. Because, you know, they could take a big, but they're rumored, or not not a big, uh, maybe someone on the wing, but a little a little rumored to uh, be shopping D'Angelo Russell. I think that's going to lead them to taking a point guard for security. So, Ty Ty Washington's the pick. He's falling down draft boards. Not a great second half of the season. Uh, obviously, some, some injury history to be worried about. But he, this is a great pick here, I think, for Minnesota. Uh, I think he'll slot in well. Uh, great, great guard. I think it's score well, can really run an offense, showed it at UK with Coach Cal. And then the Spurs, Nikola Jovic. I think the Spurs are a team that should and will take a shot at Jovic. 6'10", Serbian. I mean, this kid can really play. He's got it all. He's got all the intangibles to be that late first-round guy to become a star. And why not take a shot on him? You know, the, the San Antonio team's a little crowded with, with with like your two and three guards, but this guy can play the four. They definitely need a four. They've got Keldon Johnson playing fa- uh, powered forward. And, you know, Pop can really develop a guy like this. I, I think this is the best fit for Jovic and for the Spurs. 21, a name that's been flying around a lot for shooting up draft boards. Dalen Terry. I think this is a Denver-esque pick. Picking those exciting players they did with Bones Highland. He showed a lot of potential. I, I think, I mean, Terry, 6'7", really improved as a shooter. I think it was like 38% on like spot-ups from uh, for the last part of the season. He can run point. He can be a really good defender. He already is a good defender. Just got to unlock some of that uh, offensive potential. And this guy can potentially be the steal of the draft. And I love where he could go with Denver because, you know, you got... Michael Porter Jr., a lot of injury problems. Jamal Murray's coming back. Got Aaron Gordon at the four, but I really think they could use a, a, a solid two or three guard, a guy who can play either of those positions. Uh, and more importantly, he doesn't need to score to be a great player. I think that's what's really appealing with Dalen Terry because he's uh, can do a lot of those other things. So I love Dalen Terry, and I think this would be a great pick for Denver. Memphis. Tyus Jones potentially going to get some money in free agency from other teams, going to get looks from teams like the Knicks. Why not get yourself a backup? Kennedy Chandler, 6'1", can run the pick and roll really well, uh, really solid at Tennessee. Uh, I think this is a, a, a surefire, solid, at least backup point guard, and Memphis surely needs that, especially with Jaws uh, injury injury problems that he's been dealing with the past couple seasons. Memphis, is they've got all the chips they need. Obviously, they could trade picks to try and get a bigger free agent guy or move up in the draft, but they just got to fill some of the holes in their roster. Backup point guard certainly is one of them. Another big name, Jalen Williams, going to Philadelphia 76ers. This is the Santa Clara one. He sh- he really shot up boards due to his performance in the combine in 5v5s. You know, he's 6'6", average 18 a game, can run point, can defend. This is another guy who can, you know, really do it all and he's just a bit more unknown because he played at Santa Clara in a smaller conference but I think Philadelphia is a great spot for him 
Uh, he can he can slot in, you know, next to Harden and Embiid. And again, he doesn't necessarily need to score to be good, in my opinion. But he can run point. He can handle the ball well. Good ball handle. Can run pick and roll. Uh, he showed his ability to score, obviously, in the combine and, and throughout the season. I think this would be a great pick for the Sixers. 24, another name that people are excited about. Blake Wesley. I think Milwaukee's fantastic for him. They need a guy uh, when a Chris Middleton goes down who can go out and, and get you 15 a game. You know, Drew Holiday, we know how good he is defensively, but offensively he had his struggles on efficiency in the playoffs. Blake Wesley's a guy who's going to be eager to score. He's going to want the ball in his hands. He is this year's like Bones Highland, uh, uh, in my opinion. The guy who just a flat-out score, plus he can play some defense too, uh, led Notre Dame in steals. Uh, last season as a freshman, uh, a great potential pick here. I think this is a good spot for him too. I wouldn't reach for him in the 20s. I think he's too raw for that, but I think Milwaukee's a great spot to groom him in. I think he'll fit very nicely next to Giannis. San Antonio on the clock again for the third time at 25. Christian Brown is what I think they're going to go with here. I think this is a very Spurs-esque pick. Brown is NBA ready. Can He's shown he's a pretty decent shooter. Shot, I believe, in the high 30s. Uh, and he's a championship player. He's a winner. You know, he's a good defender, can handle the ball, combo guard. You can play him off ball if you need. That's He did a lot of off ball at Kansas. Doesn't need to score to be good. And I just feel like he fits the Spurs culture. And I think this is a guy they're really going to like. I happen to really like Christian Brown. Obviously, he was one of the guys who did my Tar Heels in in the championship. But, you know, 6'7", can put the ball on the floor, get to the rim, has shown he can be a good shooter, and then defense. You know, he's going to be a good floor guy as well. So, uh, I, I think the Spurs are the one of the most tricky teams to always plan out the draft for because you never know who they're going to go. I mean, they went Josh Primo last year at 11, the youngest guy, I mean, probably most raw player in the draft, and... Um, everyone's really confused by that, but they're going to look to develop him. I think their timeline allows development for guys like Jovic and Brown, and then obviously Jalen Durner if they go with him. So keep an eye on what the Spurs do, because uh, I think their picks will be really indicative of of how they want their future to be shaped, led by DeJounte Murray. All right, let's finish out this mock draft. Last five picks, I'll speed through them real quick. Houston Rockets, Jaden Hardy. G League Ignite player was potential top 10 pick, fell down boards. I think uh, Houston could have just, why not take this guard? You got talent there on the board, go with him. I think one of the G League, guy, uh, G League guys, uh, another one, Marjan Beauchamp, I believe that's uh, how you say it. I think that would be a good spot here for Houston. Uh, just take best player available. If you're going to hold still at this spot, this was Dallas's pick they got from the Christian Wood trade. Why not take a third guard? Uh, he is a true point guard. Kevin Porter Jr., not a true point guard, although he can surely run point. I think uh, this is a good spot for Hardy. Miami Heat, their guard play was terrible in the playoffs. They really need a guy who can score. Why not take Bryce McGowan's from Nebraska? Led the team in scoring. Uh, very capable shooter. They can certainly work on his efficiency. Uh, I think this is a, a solid pick for Miami, especially because uh, the guard play really let him down, especially with Hero being out for the last part of that series. Warriors, they've surely got to trade this pick. They don't want another rookie. Uh, they've got uh, enough of them that they need to give minutes to. But if they do, Jake LaRavia is pretty solid. He can fill your Nemanja uh, Bielitsa role. You know, uh, uh, six, six, nine, six, ten, big, can shoot it from the outside. 
Uh, he can definitely work inside. Very skilled passer, actually. Uh, seeing him in person, he dropped 31 on UNC. He's, uh, uh, he's 6'8", actually. But he, he's a very underrated offensive player. You can certainly put him on, on the perimeter. You can put him in the post. Got a really nice uh, set, set of offensive moves. Uh, so I, I, I really think that uh, Loravi can be a pretty solid player in this league, actually. 29, Grizzlies on the clock again. Take Walker Kessler. You know, you got Steven Adams there, but Kessler would be a gift at 29, I think. Defensive player of the year in the country. 4.6 blocks a game. I mean, this guy can really protect the rim. I've got some concerns for his mobility on the outside and his fit next to Jaron Jackson, uh, Jackson Jr. potentially. But I, I think this is a good pick uh, for for, minute, uh, for Memphis, rather. Uh, and worst comes to worst, he's your backup center, and, you know, he's going to go give you some good minutes. And then Denver, Nuggets going to round out with Marjan Beauchamp, uh, another G League guy, strictly potential here. They need some more wings. I, I really like what they have with the guards, with Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, uh, and then Bones Highland. I don't think you want to crowd that room anymore. The more wings you take, especially with the uncertainty of Michael Porter Jr., I think is best. You could go back up center here for Jokic, and that's where Kessler could potentially be a solid pick. You could look for like a Jalen Williams from Arkansas, uh, so, but I I think Beauchamp, uh take best player available. He, he should be a first-round pick. If not, he's going to go very fast in the second round. So that is my first-round mock draft. Hopefully, you know, broke it all down to you guys. Very excited for this class. I think the top 20, 25 picks, each pick is going to create a solid player. I think this is a deep, talented draft class. Uh, I love players at the top. I think there's good value in the middle of the round. And even in the, in the second round, there's some solid players. Like I said, Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Andrew Nemhard's got backup point guard written all over him. And that's really valuable in this league, getting a floor general uh, like Nemhard, who's, who's experienced. Uh, you got some freshmen like Peyton Watson, UCLA. Uh, Caleb Houston from Michigan. Max Christie, who could go late first round, early second round. And these are guys who weren't fantastic in college. But they showed the intangibles and the potential of one and done players uh, to really have an impact. So keep out, keep a lookout for those three names that I just said because again, underwhelming seasons at their respective schools, but can surely make an impact. And you might as well take a flyer on them uh, late uh, or early second round rather if they fall to you there. So that's going to do it for today's episode of 125 Unfiltered. Really hope you enjoyed this breakdown. I'm going to post my mock draft on Twitter. Going to be live tweeting throughout the draft on my thoughts on every pick. Now, do I think my projections are going to be 100% right? No, absolutely not. But it's just fun to make it. This is the first time I've made my own mock draft. I'm definitely proud of the research and work I put into it. We'll just see how it goes. I'm really, really excited to see how it all pans out. So again, going to get you all an episode tomorrow talking about individual players, risers, fallers, sleepers, and teams to look out for with Trade's going to go all in depth on that tomorrow. But for now, we're done today. This has already been long enough. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.